last night in fantasy football, because we're going to start there today, I was just hoping that DK Metcalf wouldn't outscore Alvin Kamara by seven points. And five minutes into the game last night, I was sweating pretty hard, Mr. Steele. I can imagine. Yeah, actually ended up pulling it out, though, because uh, I did not watch the game, thank God, but it looked like it was uh, quite the barn burner, 13 to 10 game. <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, welcome in. I guess rede- redefine barn burner yeah, at I this guess, point. I guess so. What, what would be the opposite of a barn burner? Um, a, uh, a yard, a watered yard? I don't know. A, a, a flooded <laughs> cropland, a a saturated farm. What a saturated farm we had last <laughs> night! Welcome in to the Ziggy and Steel Show. I'm your host Ziggs, and along with my man Steel, we are here to recap Week Seven. We are just about halfway through. I guess there's not really a halfway through the season this year, but yeah, we are just about halfway through here, and so we're gonna give you your normal speed cap and whatnot but how are you doing sir uh, i'm good i just gotta switch my notes out i thought this was a succession oh, pod my bad hey, man um you gotta outsource that to your therapist sir <laughs> i'll make sure to do that <laughs> um going back to that game last night real quick you talked about dk metcalf he had the what was it 86 yard mm-hmm. touchdown reception like one play that was half of Seattle's offensive Oof. production from last night. One play. Geno Smith passed for 167 yards last night, and 80-whatever of those came on a long bomb touchdown to DK Metcalf. I myself was going up against Metcalf, uh, but I had about a 30-point lead, so I was feeling pretty comfortable. But Yeah, I thought, I thought they, were, do? they would have looked a lot better. Seattle, that is... Having uh, having some time, but yeah, Gino, 12 for 22, 167. Not great. I know you sacked, what, five times, I believe? And yeah, it just didn't look yeah. It didn't look good at all. Um, I do like how Alex Collins got, you know, 17 opportunities here, but, you know, obviously he didn't do anything with them. So I'm really nervous about this offense, at least for the next two at least two games probably three maybe four games uh, while russell wilson's on the on the shelf here well you know this it's not all sunshine and rainbows on the same side as well you're talking about a seahawks defense that's been one of the worst uh for passing offenses through these seven weeks and Jameis winston you know he passed for 222 yards but i think a lot of people, especially people trying to stream him, were looking to get a little more. He got the eight rushes for 40 yards, so you know the the 40 yards elevates his floor a little bit. But I think we were expecting at least another touchdown from Jameis, and you know maybe a little more work there. But all in all, they uh, they did get to escape with the win in this saturated farm mm-hmm. of a game. The rain, uh, the rain does contribute to. I think a little bit of that, but you're right. It's not like Jameis has to go against his former team next week or anything. So, oh, wait, he does. So, I mean, Alvin Kamara, you know, 10 for 128 through the air. He's going to need a lot more of that next week against his Tampa pass defense. And they're going to have to figure out how to get the ball down the field to some of these guys. 
but uh well yeah they are missing michael thomas right yeah um which we'll see if he comes back uh pretty soon here so the michael thomas owners uh there might be a light here coming pretty soon i I know that i know they did say you know it's gonna be another couple weeks but let's see oh i guess all we can do is wait at this point so let's go into the speed cap here uh what a small speed cap. Holy yeah, shit. very, very small. Especially when I was building this out, too. I was like, okay, did I miss anything? Had to go back, count all the games, see everyone that's on by. But yeah, bye, McGuddin. Good luck to, I hope everyone, you know, were able to escape. Not too far unscathed. I see uh, there were some, some interesting drops on Sunday morning here because uh, some people had to make some room. So, uh, you know, definitely check your waiver wire. Um, check guys that are on by now that might have been dropped as well. Um, but we'll definitely get into into that as we uh, kind of recap some of these games and talk about the preview next um, for week eight. But let's start oh, yeah. with the speed cap here, and we will start with the Washington football team traveling to the frozen tundra and taking on the Packers. Uh, so this game actually seemed like it was going to be competitive through the first quarter. You had a tie game. Um, Heineke wasn't looking terrible. He's actually filled in and looked pretty nice for the Washington football team, uh, in re- uh, relieving Ryan Fitzpatrick, but, uh, still got two and five record there. So not exactly what you want to see this defense still underwhelming. And Aaron Rodgers said it week one, you know, to bring it all for the Packers here, it's 16 games left or whatever he said week one. And, uh, they've only lost that week one game. They're, They've won six games since week one. So do with that what you will. The Packers are still one of the top-tier teams in the NFL. They get this win pretty easy in the second half. And uh, Washington football team, 2-5. and five. Yeah, 2-5. and five. Antonio Gibson banged up still. Uh, he doesn't look right. So that's uh, something to keep an eye on. I know you're worried about him. Well, he's got a, what, a, a fractured Every time chin? you texted me, it autocorrects to chin. And so I think the first time you did that, I was just like, I don't care about his chin. I'm just worried about his legs. <laughs> um, and you didn't you didn't correct yourself the first time. So for the longest time, I thought it was just his chin. And I was like, okay, well, just wear some padding on your chin strap. But I guess that's not the case. I, I never realized I didn't correct myself when because I, I saw it. I saw it said chin. And I was like, I keep. He knows football. He's going to get what I mean here. And apparently now I know you thought I was talking this man had a busted face for a week. So um, it is his shin, not his chin. Good to know. Good to know. Um, yeah, I'm still not worried about, uh, you know, Terry McLaurin or anything. He's matchup proof. That's just how it is. Um, but the uh, the Packers do have some worries going into Thursday here. Um, we can touch on that towards the end. Or we can touch on it real quick. Um, I just think that, yeah, Alan Lazard yeah. and um, – Devontae Adams, both on the COVID list, doesn't look like they're going to play on Thursday. So um, that's just going to be tough. And I think you're going to see a lot, a lot of Aaron Jones. I think you'll see a lot of that. I also, I still stand by it. The production really hasn't been there, but the the targets, all the measurables, MVS, I feel like there is some newfound trust between him and Rodgers. This may be the game where people will all go in on Lazard and yeah i or well actually no they won't because lazard's on covid my bad uh i think this could be a big mvs game and maybe something to propel him 
forward down the stretch as we move through the season. You know, I still feel like it's Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers. There's not a whole lot going on outside of that. And obviously there is, but I think MVS is going to carve out a big share of the targets in this offense. Bengals, Ravens. Beat down. Yeah, beat down. It was just a week ago we were talking about how the Ravens themselves put a beat down on the Los Angeles Chargers. They shut down Justin Herbert and that offense kind of figured it was going to be a little bit of the same going into this week, but it is a divisional matchup and um, Jamar Chase is having the best seven game stretch for any rookie receiver, probably any receiver uh, ever. So kudos to him. You know, all that talk about the offensive line, this, whatever you can disregard at this point, because this offense is rolling and to the point where Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan are both putting up productive fantasy days for you. Very much a 50, 50 split back there, but they come in and just walk all over Baltimore at home and just get out of there. Yeah. Baltimore, look your wounds here while you're in the bye. But, um, Real quick on Jamar Chase, I mean, what, 8 for 201 and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, I it, It's so funny that we, you know, Justin Jefferson last year sets the rookie record. I saw a tweet about this, sets the rookie record for receiving yards, and it was so great and NFL ready. And somehow us as fantasy analysts and everyone out there convinced ourselves that the better wide receiver prospect from that same offense was not going to do the same. And so – here we are. He has the most yards through six games, seven games for any rookie um, in history. So he's just on pace to, to smash what his former teammate just did. And I mean, maybe it's just because we forgot about him for a year. But yeah, that's uh, Jamar Chase is for those that you know didn't care about the drops in the preseason. Ooh, you're really cashing out right now. Well, and and that's exactly what it was. It was all the offseason storylines, the drops, the it's harder to catch the ball, the the NFL ball, like all of that came together. And that's what really tanked his value. I think this is just something as analysts ourselves, we're going to look at it moving forward and like, don't worry about rookie receivers. Like, Just don't. As long as they're in a good Panthers Giants. Eat down. Um, yeah, another beat down. So fun fact about the games this weekend. I'm, I'm going to disregard our one minute timer since it's such a small speed cap. But um, there was one game that was a one score game throughout this entire weekend. Everything else was blowouts. It was honestly a kind of boring weekend of football. I believe Sunday was National Tight End Day. So, of course, some randos got out there and had some good days for tight ends. We'll talk about one of those guys later. Uh, but Giants come in here and... Just put the work on and get everything done. Devontae Booker had a nice day, 51 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Daniel Jones continues to be a threat on the ground. And do I dare say a threat through the air? Maybe not yet. <laughs> let's let's pause on that. But Giants come in here. They take care of business. Move to two and five. Oh, yeah. The, and Sam Darnold, man. A uh, guy led his team in rushing a few weeks ago, and uh, really, just the Panthers don't seem to have it all together right now. Sam Darnold's showing a lot of his old, old tendencies, and Chuba Hubbard probably has the first game where you're really kind of like, Uh-oh. 
is 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 he really the guy? He he is Bizarro Christian. Well, McCaffrey. we did this with Mike Davis last year. Remember his first like game, game and a half after McCaffrey's yeah. injury, he was just insane. And then you know, as he gotten an extended extended run, we're just like, oh wait, you're still Mike Davis. So. We can be looking at this and say, oh, like you're still Chuba, the guy that, you know, was a third, fourth round rookie or whatever he was. So that's it's worrisome that this offense falls apart when Christian McCaffrey's not there. Uh, but especially with guys like DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, um, and other, you know, playmakers around that they can really, you know, utilize a lot more that they're Matt Rule and uh, Joe Brady have not been doing a great job over these last four games. Um might be making a call to Houston this week, but we'll see. There's a there's going to be a sweepstakes down in Houston. Uh, I believe this is the last week before the NFL yeah, trade deadline. Yeah, it's on deadline. November second. Yeah. All right. So we're we're approaching that yeah, quickly. There will be some calls made here. Um, yeah, I'm not going to give the Giants credit because this is kind of what they do at times, where their defense kind of just shows up to play and. I think this is more bad Sam Darnold than good Giants, and obviously the Giants are improving to two and five. So, you know, I'm I'm not going to sit here and throw stones from the glassiest of houses. So I'm just going to move on to the Falcons and the Dolphins. One thing, one thing I will say real quick before I get to the uh, Falcons Dolphins, um, Giant the the Panthers defense playing almost just light years worse than what we saw in the beginning of the season. I mean, the regression here has been insane. Falcons Dolphins. I mentioned one game this weekend made it a one score game. And that would be this one right here. Tua has arguably the best day of his career thus far. Uh, I'll, I'll talk more about him in a little bit. The Falcons obviously get the win here. Offense seems to be clicking a little more. Uh, Cordero Patterson. I, think he's gonna just slide in as their full-time running back at this rate i don't see any reason to continue giving the ball to mike davis and kyle pitts kyle pitts is on pace to have the best rookie tight end season in nfl he's not a tight end i believe he is all what he he's not a tight end you're 100 right but i believe he's uh like mike dicka and jeremy shockey are basically the two best rookie tight end seasons which I didn't know they were keeping track of mm-hmm. statistics when Mike Dicka was playing. So uh, that says all you want to say. Um, let's, Falcons get the win here, like I said, though. Going back to the Dolphins, Tua. I mean. What are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, you one-up me. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just a bi-week streamer for me, honestly. I, it's not a guy that I'm going to throw in my lineup for the rest of the season by any means, you know. So I believe they play um, Buffalo next week, and that's one that I'm not going to have him in. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I think it's just really this matchup was perfect for him. You know, the Falcons' defense is going to be bad. It was going to be a high-scoring game. They're at home, like that. That's what you expect from Tua. I know the turnovers were there, but you know he looked good at 32 for 40, 291 and four. Like those are some solid, solid numbers. So, in your opinion, is it too early to, as as the owner of the Dolphins, the coach of the Dolphins, is it too early to say, this isn't the NFL quarterback we want? It's never too early. Mm-hmm. Uh, one right. note on Fair the enough. Dolphins side, too. Malcolm Brown's on IR. 
Salvin Ahmed is yes. a guy that we definitely liked last year, especially in the couple games where it was just him with no uh, Miles Gaskin. Or I forgot who the other running back was. But, uh, but yeah, when, when those guys weren't there, Salvin Ahmed actually ended up being a very relevant fantasy player. I think he had a 22 or 23-point um, PPR game there. He comes in here after the Brown injury, 7 for 26 on the ground, 2 for 26 through the air. I expect him to see a lot more work, though, over the next few weeks. Oh, yeah. Jets, Pat, Patriots. Do we have to talk about this? Beat down. For real. And, you know, just to throw it out there before we Oof, even go into 54? this. I don't even it, notice that. Beat down. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it uh, it was not pretty for the Jets. Zach Wilson, he's done for two to four weeks with a sprained PCL, uh, I believe, which I think that's just better for the Jets at this point. And any, um, I don't think you can really call anyone fantasy relevant except for uh, maybe Corey Davis and the occasional Michael Carter. But Mike White steps in. He's going to be the starter. Go- Actually, I believe the... Uh, Jets made a trade to reacquire Joe Flacco, so you could probably expect to see Joe Flacco under center there. Maybe that's going to move the line a little more for the Jets and make them a little more competitive. I didn't say more competitive, just a little. Um, New England Patriots, two of their three wins came against the New York Jets. Do with that what you will. Uh, I'm not overreacting to this here. I know Damian Harris had a heck of a day. Especially with the Stevenson inactive, late inactive. Right. Um, I, I mean, even Brandon Bolden, you know, he, he two for zero on the ground, but he led the Patriots mm-hmm. in receiving yards. He had 79 receiving yards and a touchdown. So he even had a fantasy relevant day and even more so in your PPR setting. So I'm 100% in on Michael Carter, though, I will say on the Jets side. Eight for 67 through the air. I think that was very, very encouraging. 19 touches. Um, Ty Johnson was next with 11, and I think that was just because the game was already out of reach. So the fact that Carter, even in garbage time, was, you know, dump off, dump off, dump off, you know, here and there, eight, eight, eight and eight and a half yards per reception. I'm, I'm very encouraged by Michael Carter showing and his uh, continuing to grasp this backfield. I think Joe Flacco will hopefully help. Son of a gun. That damn every time. Um, Joe Flacco, I think he's going to do a lot more for this Jets offense, though, uh, more than Zach Wilson ever could right now. That's very, very, very true. Um, Lions, Rams. Man, I just want the Lions to get a win. I watched that video of the head coach. Hopefully not next week, but okay. Well, I think the Eagles probably they're going to just uh, take a look at the team and say, hey, we should just tank. Uh, but more on that later. Uh, Lions Rams, everyone was expecting the Matt Stafford revenge game, which I mean, 20 for 41, 334 and three. I think this was less of a revenge game. You know, the Lions just never did anything for him. So uh, if anything, this was going to be the Jared Goff revenge game. He was 22 for 36, uh, 268 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. I, you know, 
Detroit's got a long way to go right now. Uh, their defense plays hard uh, a, a lot of the time, but the Rams' offense is just one of the best in the NFL. And Cooper Cup right now is on pace to lead the league in touchdowns, which is stupid, yeah. but great because I love him. I mean, the Lions led through three quarters in this game. It took the Rams kind of shutting them out in the fourth quarter, scoring 11 points for them to kind of take hold of it. So, yeah, the Lions are playing t- playing very, very tough. Backfield still split, but DeAndre Swift, man, that screen pass that he took for a touchdown, he just looked pretty, pretty explosive. So um, that's that's good on that's good on him. And and yeah, you're absolutely right. Cooper Cup, Matt Matt Stafford's favorite target, ten for one fifty six and two. That so you just hope that combination just keeps on flourishing throughout the season. Um, Yes, I do. do like, you know, made a shout out for Van Jefferson. Um, you know, if you're in a pinch and he pays off with a touchdown, Robert Woods also six for 70 did not kill you. Um, I think Daryl Henderson was a surprise against the bottom ranked run defense. Only 45 yards on 15 carries. Um, I'm not worried about it. I think it's just a one uh, one game blip, especially since Sony Michelle only got two carries. Nah, you just you'd like to see more from Henderson, but. I think this offense right now, kind of like how I to to skew my Clyde Edwards Hilaire viewpoint a little bit. It's you know Matt Stafford's out here tossing two touchdowns a game to mm-hmm. Cooper Cup easily, like easily. So Henderson, he's got to rely on getting a lot of his work on the ground and whatever he can do in the passing game, and um, it's just going to be hard. And you're going to have these games like this where your running back's not really going to get into the end zone because Cooper Cup's getting in the end zone twice. Man, I would just wish that they would, maybe if they cut his production down like by a third and then those went to Robert Woods. Just, it would be so nice. It would just be so nice. And I don't know. I'm, I think they're going to have to, just like another team we're going to talk talk about here, they need to start spreading it around to all their receivers a little bit more evenly. But we'll get there. Um, you're absolutely right, though. Don't worry about Henderson. Um, he's just going to have to get it where he can. Texans, Cardinals. Uh, beat down. <clears throat> um, <sighs> Cardinals are 7-0, man. 7-0. Impressive. Holy crap. Um, Texans are the Texans. Uh, good God. Brandon Cooks couldn't even turn five receptions into more than 25 yards. Your leading receiver on the Texans, two for 28 from Nico Collins. Not touching this team. They're, you know, bottom of the barrel. Uh, Talk about the Cardinals a little bit here, though. Kyler Murray, this guy needs to avoid taking some of the hits he's taking because I swear to you when he's out there, I just get worried. It it seems like three times a game he's taken some big hits he shouldn't have to take or he's finding a way to put himself in a situation where he's got to take a hit like that. Um, He definitely got is going to get used to having Zach Ertz around, had the longest reception of his career, longest touchdown Mm -hmm. pass of his career or touchdown reception. Um, And, you know, uh, you talked in the last about the last game saying that they need to learn to spread the ball around these receivers. Um, Cardinals are a team who are doing just that. Uh, You can look at guys like DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, and uh, AJ Green, and these guys all are sitting around the same 
production levels right now. It's kind of insane to see. Cardinals are looking like a well-oiled machine. I think everything for this team is going to fall on how they protect Kyler throughout the rest of the season. Zach Ertz, um, 47-yard touchdown on his first uh, on his debut with the Cardinals. Never had the yep. longest touchdown reception of his career. You can believe that. Nine years with the Philadelphia Eagles, never had a 47-yarder to the house. Did you not hear me when I said that? Did you that? say that? Uh, yeah, I said Zachary said the longest touchdown reception Sorry, in his career. Dude. I was looking for um <laughs> I was looking for um receiver needy teams because Brandon Cooks can get traded this week. Um as I was kind of talking back in the yes, in sessions. Uh, the Dave It's all right, man. I mean I repeat the same shit you do probably tons <laughs> of times and people think I sound like an idiot for it. You so say whatever. I sound like an idiot. I got it. I got it. Um No no no, no. I do just Pop all the quiz. time. Who is the Texans coach? David, David Culley, Culley, who said that he all of his veterans are for sale, pretty much is what he said this week. So expect some movement. That's because they don't have any yeah, fucking I, picks. They need to sell everyone so they can get some draft capital because how do you rebuild a team Absolutely. without picks? So Tough. Texans fans, tough. Um, let's wrap up the speed cap here with the Colts visiting the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday night. This actually looked like it was going to be a pretty decent game. Uh, in the first quarter, 7-12. to 12, I think there was some rain in the first quarter. I, I can't remember when it really picked up, but at one point the, the rain was just coming down uh, and really made it difficult to play in this game. It was close through the entire first half, and then Indy ran away with it. And Carson Wentz, I mean, he only threw for 150 yards and two touchdowns. I'm not going to go through his completions and attempts because I think weather could have had a lot to do with that based on drops and just the release of the ball, which one thing I will say, Carson Wentz, he's got that sidearm. I think he, uh, I think that may have helped him a little bit. I don't know. Moali Cox <laughs> getting in the end mm-hmm. zone again. How about that? Carson Wentz also got in the end zone on the ground. And then Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan terror more like because he's, on a terror Colts. I mean, that was a, that was a great game for them. Kyle Shanahan two and four. Is he really the, the wonderkin we thought? Good question. Good question. Uh, I can tell you right now that there are a few coaches that you would not believe have higher win percentages than Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Um, I think that's a very good point. I think, uh, the injury, excuse um, is a little played out for this Niners team now. Um, let's get it together here, Shanahan. I do one interesting stat is that both Elijah Mitchell and Jonathan Taylor ended up with 18 carries for 107 yards and a touchdown. So I do like that. I did crazy. see that towards the end of the, in the halfway through the fourth quarter. And I was like, I really hope it stays like this. So uh, it sure did. Um, twins there, Elijah Mitchell. Um, he's back being the guy for, for the time being, and Debo Samuel is also rain-proof, um, like on top of matchup-proof. So, yeah, that's what you're going to get. Um, Brandon Ayuk, man, one for six. That's brutal. That's all I can say there. Um, that's just absolutely brutal. I think that's a cut guy, dude. I I think if you're hanging on to him, let someone else deal with that headache. I, I just I don't want to deal with it. And that will do it for Colt Signers and our speed cap here. Um, so let's dive into the steel slate. 
starting with one of the more interesting games of the week, and that is the Chiefs taking on the Titans. Yeah. So, again, another beatdown. This was a hard week to pick games to talk about because the only close game was this Dolphins-Falcons game that I have no interest in talking about. So I decided that talking about this game was important because the the Titans at one point were looking like a team that was going to struggle going through this season and potentially a team we were going to rule out of the playoff hunt early. Just one of those teams where it looks like it's not coming together. Well, Derrick Henry has some other thoughts on that because not only is he leading the league in rushing, the second leading rusher is Derrick Henry after hmm. contact. Um, it Which is an insane stat. On top of it, the man threw a touchdown pass on Sunday, which looked pretty fantastic. Um, Ryan Tannehill, at this point, he just needs to make limited amount of mistakes you saw aj brown get the work finally eight for 133 and one uh julio jones two for 38 that's another guy i'm worried about right now but i think um one thing you can look about with look at with the titans offense moving forward is that aj brown has secured over 20 percent of the titans receiving targets in games he's played which puts him at a basically an elite target share and this was the game we needed to see that it would all come together he you know those targets actually turned into something and your buy low window for aj brown has yeah the close they have the second easiest schedule um going forward here the tennessee titans do i was playing against derrick henry in both fantasy leagues and i on the preview pod, I prayed for a hundred yards and a touchdown and you know, 86 yards and a passing touchdown, which is only worth four points and not six was very, very thank. I'm thankful for that. So if only there was some way to equalize that so that guys could just make touchdowns worth the same amount of points. I, I just didn't know that when a running back runs the ball in, that he should get rewarded over the quarterback who had to read a defense and pass the ball. Nice into try. The end zone. Nice try. Um, I'm just saying there's room for it in fantasy football to equalize the scoring. All touchdowns are equal. That's just the way I view it. Because you cannot tell me <laughs> why should a running back when the, they're okay, teams on the five, running back gets the ball. He gets stuffed at the one, but then he just reaches. He just reaches his arm. That tip of the ball crosses the plane. Cool. Touchdown. But a receiver, they got to come down with two feet in the end zone, secure the ball, and not lose it, not fumble it. They have to have all these rules and restrictions to receivers catching the ball. And the quarterback suffers because of it in fantasy football because for some reason we decided that passive touchdown should be worth four points. Nah, I play in six point per touchdown leagues because fair is fair. Give them their points. Yeah, I wish I can agree with you, but I mean, oh, come on with that. <laughs> I wish I can agree with you, man, but I'm, uh, I'm, 
bottom line is I'm pretty okay with the scoring system. Um, I like that, you know, 25 yards to a point, you know, for standards for passing yards is is pretty decent. Obviously, you know, a target for in the running game is worth more than a carry. Uh, so it just goes into the strategy, overall strategy, and that's why you see guys like J.D. McKissick and Michael Carter and, you know, um, I don't even know, just all these other pass-catching running backs, Khalil Herbert, you know, we could talk about. But, like, you can see all these other pass-catching running backs be more um, more relevant um, in fantasy because of, you know, the rules that are set in place. But I definitely understand um, – kind of where you're coming from i'm just not there yet i mean and if we're you know being honest then we should get coaches into fantasy football like we should have to draft you have to <laughs> there... draft the coach and you know he he blows he blows a timeout dude you lose a point or like he loses a challenge dude you lose two points it's like a lost fumble kind of thing you want to do it i've seen leagues that uh do that with coaches they it's pretty plain jane as far as scoring goes i think it's like um, you get 10 points if the coach wins, you lose five if they lose type of thing. Something like it's it's pretty standard. Um, but it's neither here nor there. Let quarterbacks passing touchdowns be six points. That's all I want to go. Uh, uh, let's talk there. about the Chiefs, report, um, dude, because that so that's where I wanted to jump back to. Thank you for uh, reeling me in here. I need that sometimes. <laughs> so what's up with these Chiefs, first of all? I think their window, I wouldn't say it's closing, but or it's not closed, but it's closing. Um, if you really look back at it, yeah, they had, you know, they they won the Super Bowl, obviously. But bef- the year before then, they lost in the AFC Championship game. So they lose in the AFC Championship game, they win the Super Bowl, and then they lose the Super Bowl. So it's hard to climb that mountain here for a fourth year, you know, and you see what's happening with teams are defending Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey a lot differently than they were when Kansas City were just running all these crazy gadget plays to get these guys open down the field. So the lack of a number two receiver is going to be the downfall of this team because Mikkel Hardman is not that guy. And so until they sort out, you know, and they've tried Demarcus Robinson, Sammy Watkins, Josh Gordon, like they've tried to really, you know, replace or really find someone to take the pressure off of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, but they haven't been able to do that um, in quite some time. I mean, honestly, since, like, Jeremy Macklin and Chris Conley left the team, like, I haven't really found anybody that's, like, more so, you know, a good complimentary, complimentary receiver to, you know, their superstars. So I think, they're, I think their team is just getting a little stale here. The offensive line... Um, Orlando Brown Jr., um, he is a run-blocking left tackle, wanted to get paid as a highest-paid like pass-blocking pass tackle. Um, obviously, coming from the Ravens, um, they're more run-blocking scheme. He's getting exposed. Um, both tackles are kind of getting exposed in the pass game and giving Patrick Mahomes no time to develop some of these plays downfield. So I think that's one of the big, big problems with them. And, you know, Andy Reid kind of abandons the run when those things happen. I know this game got out of hand quickly, so Daryl Williams only had five carries. But you still have to, you know, they need to do a better job establishing the run and taking a lot more off of this pass offense for them to uh, really get back on track here. I just feel almost like that killer instinct that 
we knew about the Chiefs is gone. Like, I don't think that if they're down 14-0 going into the second half, I'm not as convinced they're going to be able Mm -hmm. to pull it out. Now, here's where things get a little crazy. The Chiefs currently are sitting at 3-4. and They are two games back from Mm -hmm. the Raiders in the AFC West. Now, just hear me out. I don't think the Chiefs are a lock for the playoffs this year. Okay. And here's why. Let's look at their upcoming games. So this coming week, they have the New York Giants. Giants show up when they want to call that what it was. All right, four and four. Their next three are the Packers. uh, Oh, I almost said Packers and Chiefs. Packers, Raiders, and Cowboys. I believe they split the series with the Raiders last year, or the Raiders took both games. I can't remember correctly, but the Chiefs did not sweep the Raiders last year. So that's not something you can chalk up to a win. Then you're talking about the Packers and Cowboys in there as well. Cowboys have one of the most electric offenses in the league right now. And the Packers, well, I mean, it's basically the same old with them. They get the Broncos, then the Raiders, Chargers, Steelers, Bengals, and the Broncos again. They have a tough, tough schedule for the remaining games. I am not convinced that the Chiefs are a lock for Especially the playoffs. Especially with the defense like, not, like being historically That's, bad. So few, right. over the last few years, they've been opportunistic where Chris Jones and Kenny Clark and you know Tyron Matthew are making plays and they got playmakers to kind of get the ball in short situations, and then there there comes the whole fear factor of the Chiefs' offense on a short field. They're probably going to score, and, you know, if anything, Buckner's going to hit, like, a 55, 56-yarder. Like, it's nothing. So that, that, that sting and that factor is, is, you know, eluding the Chiefs right now. And I think the NFL, not starting to pass them by, but, again, they're going to need to – sort out quite a few things on the fly here, you know, reading off their schedule, like you were saying, you know, Raiders twice in the next six games here. So those are two big divisional games. They also have the Broncos in there too. So let's, uh, yeah, they're going to have to, Andy Reid and that staff is going to have to kind of look inside and uh, Eric Bionami is going to really have to, you know, make his bones here and try to, um, you know, try to dig up a different game plan to uh, get their uh, studs more involved. The Chiefs have 10 games left. Four of them are games where I can put a W down confidently and trust them to win. And that's only because it's the Broncos twice, the Giants, and uh, I believe Giants. Oh, so three games. Uh, the Giants and then the Broncos twice are the only games I can really pencil them in for a W. Steelers have looked underwhelming, so maybe you give them that fourth. But then you're still talking about six games going in the in the loss column. Not good. Not good for the Chiefs. Um, really makes me wonder what we're going to see from them going forward. Like you said, they just got to figure some stuff out on the fly. Um, you know, this is one of the teams we've considered a juggernaut, I felt, and... Uh, this year, it doesn't feel that way. 
how quick it can change in the NFL. That's um, right. Um, Chicago taking up next. <laughs> <laughs> Taking on Tampa, um, theme of this week has been beat down. That did not change here. What happened? Uh, well, it was a beat down in the first quarter. That's what happened. Um, I'll tell you also, it is Tuesday. Yep, Tuesday. Matt Nagy still has his job. Uh, he does have COVID, though, so he may not be coaching for us here uh, next week. We'll see. I just don't know what to do with this Bears team. Um, Justin Fields did not look good. The The one good thing to come from this game this past Sunday was Khalil Herbert. He got over 100 yards against the one of the best run Ds in the entire NFL right now. He looks electric. I, it, it's kind of cool because the week we talked about him, the first thing you said was like, oh, he's got juice. I've heard seven other fantasy analysts say the exact same thing and it's just kind of funny i I felt like you said that first so you know shout out to zig for that one (laughs) um you can't mess with tom brady right now though um this bears team you can make the arguments that we weren't even ready to have a rookie quarterback out on the field based on the you know the state of our offensive line really our receivers weren't that much to write home about you know i love alan robinson he's my guy i've loved him since he came in the league but i think he has he's a little bit of a head case right now he doesn't want to be in chicago i don't think he wants to be a part of this rebuild and even if he was excited for justin fields to come in i don't think that changed his outlook on where he wants to be in his career right now another name you could see get moved by this trade deadline you know and then it's (sighs) Matt Nagy you can bring it to the play calling and you can there there's so many ways to just unpack this and say like oh well it's Matt Nagy and Matt Nagy shouldn't have put Justin Fields out there because we didn't have an offensive line that was ready well guess what he's the head coach of Chicago and if you don't know about Chicago fans they're assholes we're assholes we want our shiny new toy out on the field we want Matt Nagy gone as soon as things take a turn for the worse which just a quick shout out to uh miss annie i know she's not with you uh in the back of the screen but she's been calling for nagy's head for years and saying that the play calling was an issue i thought it was mitch i maybe it was both parties i i just don't know what to do with this team right now kind of feels like they just need to make some moves at this trade deadline uh, we're already without a first round pick next year, so you know you're kind of just locked here. I don't want to read too much into this game because again, it was against the Buccaneers. Buccaneers are looking like the best team in the NFL right now. Yeah, I mean Tom Brady is um, quarterback blank in fantasy football right now. Man, you know what? He's probably like two or three, but I want to say he's QB yeah, he one. Is QB one. Um, yeah, that makes he sense. He is absolutely insane, dude. And I don't know. He's yeah. 44. It doesn't make any sense. But um, the, it's all the avocado ice cream. I mean, I guess, dude. I'm not giving up regular ice cream for avocados. But, you know, more power to you, Tom Brady. Um, Apparently, it's great. But it's I great. do think that this offense, hey, they're, they're running the ball. I mean, Leonard Fournette, 15 for 81, gets the touchdown. 
Uh, I know Ronald Jones just got in there for garbage time just to see if, you know, he can actually handle carries without fumbling, and he did a good job. Um, I did call out Chris Godwin in terms of him not seeing Jalen Johnson and having a big game, 8 for 111 and 1. Mike Evans still didn't – it didn't matter who – he doesn't know who Jalen Johnson is either because, you know, had his three touchdowns on them all in the first half. So that was that was it for that. But I'm I'm right there with you, man. Um, I mean, I – we literally played Tampa last week, so that that's just how it goes, man. You 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 just see the yeah. gap in quality, and you know this is the mountain that you have to climb to be a Super Bowl contender. Like that's that's just what you're looking at on the other side of the field, and you're just outclassed. That's all it was. Right, T- times like these, all I can do is think back to the 2020 season when the Bears played the Bucks on Thursday night. And Brady was trying to drive down, get that comeback, and then he forgot it was fourth down. <laughs> that's that's what we got, Bears fans. Remember, Tom Brady forgot that it was fourth down and thought he still had an extra down. Nick Foles had him so rattled that he forgot what down it was. That's crazy. <laughs> Nick Foles was so run-free in Tom Brady's head that during an actual NFL Nick. game, he forgot what down it was. And ended up losing the game, okay, I'll take costing it. his team a victory because of it. Directly costing his team. So that's wild. I mean, you can hold on to that, Bears fans, that you actually beat Tom Brady. Um, the Eagles fans, we're going to hold on to that for the rest of our lives. So that is just one of those things you can just keep in the pocket and add to the scrapbook and tell your grandkids. One more thing before we move on from the Bears. Uh, never mind, I forgot it. Because that's how unimportant it was. Okay. Um, that's perfectly fine. If yeah, we got, got final nothing. thoughts um, and you got it, then we'll come back to it. But let's wrap All this right. up with the Eagles taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. Eagles playing those Tampa Bay Buccaneers the week before. I think the game ended up 26-20 to 20 or something like that. And, you know, there was some improvements and them running the ball towards the end of the game. And, you know, Nick Sirianni comes out and says that, I need to look in the mirror and we have 10 days to prepare here and we're going to look at the offense and all different things here and there and the defense. And we came out and saw the exact same thing. Actually, I won't say that because the first drive, they ran the ball beautifully. Um, They mixed it up. Jalen Hurts only threw the ball like three or four times. And, you know, they get down, they get down close. They hit Goddard on a nice little, um, nice little seam route for him to kind of get going to. And, they get down, they run Gainwell in a um, a little halfback option where he fakes outside, cuts inside. Jalen Hurts hits him in stride. He dives into the end zone. It's 7-0. We're looking real good. Second drive, again, dude, they're going down. Miles Sanders gets hurt, and the whole game plan goes to shit. So don't don't let this 33-22 score fool you. Um, they, the Eagles scored 15 points in the fourth quarter. Like They are garbage time champions. Remember when I told you that Jalen Hurts is going to be Blake Bortles this year? It's happening. Dude, it's ins- I can't believe that this is actually it's the happening. case. Well, and Blake Bortles was doing this with you know the best top, a top 2 defense in the NFL that year. So like on top of their defense producing for the Jaguars that year, Blake Bortles was a fourth quarter king and Jalen Hurts rightfully so is taking that title. Uh his fourth quarter work it's it's impressive. Uh, why can't he do it yeah, for four man. quarters? Um, I don't know. But... They can't. 
they are the best team in the NFL down 30. Like, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful to look look at. But um, that's not what's going to keep you in, in a job, head coach and quarterback as well, because Jalen Hurts has his accuracy issues. But I think ultimately I fall on this. Um, where I fall on this is that we can't, we can't judge. I can't judge Jalen Hurts fairly and unbiasedly, given what this coaching staff is doing. Like I think this coaching staff is, I'm as close to being done as I can. Like I mean, I use the term as like really, really disappointing and underwhelmed over through like through the first six games. But you come into this game and with the mini bye week and you know against a very beatable Raiders team. Like I, there's not. They they didn't come out and you know do anything super special here. Um, it's just that the game plan offensively and defensively because I'm not going to just you know pile on Nick Sirianni here, Jonathan Gannon. We're we, we're going to have to have a, a a talk here about your zone defense and only playing three plays of man defense when you actually have decent corners for the first time here. So the fact that you have your defensive lineman they had Fletcher Cox spy on a screen pass once one play um and Fletcher so frustrated with it had came out and you know in post game and said hey like I'm not paid to I'm paid to get sacks and it's absolutely right so switch it up um somehow because the fact that you're having your linebackers and safeties play so far off the line of scrimmage then Teams are just picking off, picking us off, digging and dunking left and right down the field. Um, the Eagles, in their first one thousand two hundred and eighty-five games, they've had they've allowed five quarterbacks to pass for over eighty to complete over eighty percent of their passes in a game, and we've done that three times this year. So. <laughs> That just shows that teams are just like, we're going to dink and dunk left and right. Like The Eagles have, through seven games, have allowed three drives of 95-plus yards, touchdown drives. Jim Schwartz, in the last five years, have had five of those. So that just shows that Gannon is really, really struggling to get get his value out of players right now on defense um, in the sake of, in like, you know, his, his philosophy is, hey, like, let's gang tackle. They'll throw it short. We'll gang tackle, and we'll force them make to make a mistake. Here's the thing, dude. Our linebackers can't tackle. Like, we, you, you, can't, you can't put your linebackers in those positions because they can't tackle, man. Like, they're not good enough. And so the fact that they all he's done is really just change the linebacker combinations besides changing, you know, how they defend is really, really concerning to me. And I don't know how... We were all kind of duped and swindled and, you know, into everything that they were showing us in in the offseason and preseason because this is just not it. Man, uh, I I don't even know where to begin with this because you just threw so much at me and I'm just kind of taking it all in still here myself. God, that's just crazy. But all this does come like I, I feel like just there's so many similarities between our teams from last year to this year. It's just so much and coaching is a big part of it. And 
from scheme to just the little things they're doing, it doesn't seem to be working. And, you know, you hear people saying Sirianni needs to run more. Sirianni needs to run more. Now you guys lose Miles Sanders. You know, you drafted Kenneth Gainwell to kind of be maybe the the next man still, up for the future. Pick, not like... Right. Right. So it's it's not like it, he's not like the you know the Trey Sermon that the 49ers traded up to get and we're hoping he would be the future of their backfield and right now I'd probably take Kenneth Gainwell over Trey Sermon just based off of how they look that's nothing speaking to their individual talents whatsoever but I mean through this these first few games Sirianni seems like he's still got a lot to figure out you know, I don't. I don't think by any means people are going to be calling for his head by the end of the year. Uh, I think you give this guy a little more of a chance. But what? How long do you give a guy like Sirianni right now? It's tough, man, because it's like you look at the schedule. I mentioned earlier this year, or I mentioned earlier in this pod, the Titans have the second easiest schedule. Eagles are number one, and it's not close. So things are potentially can turn around here in the next few weeks, right? We still got to play Washington. Washington twice. So I play Giants twice. We got to play the Jets are in there. The the Chargers defense has been kind of hit and miss. Broncos. So there's teams in there where you can get after. It's just that you don't have I don't have the confidence that there's little things, you know, that we're seeing that coach that coaches can show improvement on that we're not seeing those improvements on. So you know, just having a feel for the game. Like, even when he was running the ball, like, it seemed forced, you know? Like, Jalen Hurts was, like, a friend, like, pointed out to me, he's like, Jalen Hurts is lined up under center. I've never seen him lined up under center before. Like, that's absolutely forced. Like, you're not having a feel for for the plays, for the feel of the game, like, things like that. So, how long do you give a guy like Sirianni? I mean, it all depends on, obviously, the GM and the coach and, you know, kind of how how they are GM and the uh, and the owner and just how they feel this team is progressing kind of going forward or just, I just don't know how to answer that because on one hand you could say Jalen Hurts is hurting the coaching staff, but on the other hand, his coaching staff is really hurting Jalen Hurts. How can you evaluate either of those guys properly right now? Right. And and that's just my thing with it. And I figured maybe as an Eagles fan, you'd have like a first thing in my head is you see how this first season goes. If he has a, a somewhat successful first season as a head coach, then you know, he, he gets maybe the benefit of the doubt for his second season. If you have an abysmal first season as your head coach, I think you have seven to eight games into your second season before teams are going to be like, mm, you know what, you're not really doing it for us. And the problem with it for the Eagles right now is that, you know, not necessarily that Jalen Hurts is your your bankable guy for the future. You want to see what you have in him, what you can get for this next year. Well, I mentioned that you guys are basically a game away from saying, like, hey, we could tank the rest of the season. Like, screw it. Let, let's let's get the highest pick we can get. Then you have to decide, okay, was it Jalen Hurts or was it a few of these outside factors that we can fix because you can't be the Eagles and plan to go into the draft next year and draft another receiver or a running back. Like it's going to have to go somewhere else. And I just wonder what we're going to see from mainly this Eagles offense 
the remainder well, look, of the season. Um, you know, the Eagles won, and these things, like, you know, we got to look at it kind of big picture now. Now we're in our 30s, man. Like, we have to look at the NFL as not our childhood NFL, right? Um, and that goes for our teams, too. Like, from 1999 to 2019, I would say that's a good 20-year stretch for this Eagles franchise, right? Like, obviously, the last year and a half has been, you know, less than ideal, I guess you could say, but that could be the trend going forward. You know, before 99, we weren't really successful until, you know, we had a little bit of Buddy Ryan in there in the early 90s, late 80s. Like, we had, you know, obviously, um, you know, Carmichael and um, Cunningham and those guys, like, they're all there, like, throughout history. But, like, before that, it was, like, the 1960 NFL championship that we won, and there was kind of a gap there. So we could be looking at, you know, and please, like, you know, cover your ears, Eagles fans, but we can be looking at, you know, the beginning, the tip of the iceberg that we're going to be in another one of these, you know, Eagles lulls for a little bit, and I'm going to really experience what it's like to be an Eagles fan and not just this, like, golden years that I've kind of been since, you know, I say since Brian Dawkins was drafted in 96, 97, and then we kind of go from there. So maybe I need to buckle up. Because that's that's just what this team is uh, kind of giving me those vibes on right now. Well, you can always, and I mean always, just just look at me and remember it could be way, <laughs> way worse. Oh, I will say saving but, grace real quick. Saving grace, we have picks 5, 7, and 10 in the draft right now. So When do, yeah, is there, do you already have the... Um, <clears throat> the Carson Wentz trade. What's what was the outcome of those picks? So I two forget. um two things have to happen. It's either Carson plays seventy five percent of the snaps. So we are not there yet. So what around twelve, thirteen games here? Um Yeah. Or um Carson plays seventy percent and the Colts make the playoffs. Um so I believe that and I think I named the picks off wrong. They are picks 5, 10, and 17 is what we're at. So the Colts pick is pick 17, but that's obviously depending on Carson's health throughout the season. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, so um, more power to kind of Carson and his resurgence out there. I hope he just stays healthy enough for us to get a first-round pick. But we just have bigger, bigger fish to fry organizationally you know, before we even try to fix what's on the field, to be completely honest. Um, yeah. I want to touch on the Raiders because we just didn't even talk about them. Yeah. Der- <laughs> I know. They got they, they got, got pushed to the side buried. real fast. Um, Derek Carr, 31 for 34. Again, I just told you that he literally competed, completed everything. Um, he was just chilling back there. Yeah. Um, just throwing the ball all over the place. Um, he did have an interception that was off a deflection, but, you know, what are you going to do there? Um and yeah, Josh Jacobs did leave this game. I'm not sure of his status right now, but Kenyon Drake getting the run, um, 14 for 69, a touchdown. And yeah, with uh, Darren Waller getting hurt in Saturday's practice, I think he tripped over a player during walkthroughs, which makes me think like, what what's actually a walkthrough if they're not if like these like insanely athletic dudes can just trip over a guy and you're miss a game because of it? So. 
he had to show that burst yeah, in the walkthrough. I wonder what I the walkthrough looks like for him for a trip and you know twisted ankle or whatever. So he sits, but of course it doesn't matter because you're playing against the Eagles linebackers. So Foster Moreau steps in, um, six for sixty and a touchdown on National Tight End Day. So um, that's just kind of uh, a name to keep in mind if this Darren Waller injury, you know, goes a little bit uh, longer than you would think. But yeah, they. The recipe to beat the Eagles is just attack the middle of the field, and that's exactly what they did with Moreau and Hunter Renfro. Nobody else outside of that had four catches. So, yeah, I I wish I could. Uh, I'm not going to go deep dive right now. I wanted to look at Derek Carr's average depth of target just to see, because obviously I'm seeing Foster Moreau and Hunter Renfro as the receiving leaders. So I was just wondering how how he accomplished this, especially with such a high completion percentage. Obviously, middle of the field, dink and dunk, yeah. Uh, quick shout-out. Uh, I can't remember who told me it, but at the beginning of the year, they said if Darren Waller is ever missing from the Raiders' offense, Foster Moreau will be a tight end one. And the fact that I'm fucking looking at this guy right now is 6-for-60 and a touchdown really making me feel uneasy. But congratulations to that guy and... Uh, whoever it was that told me that he was going to be a tight end one real quick on the Kenyon Drake thing. Raiders have a bye this week. We, uh, we gave by. So by then I'd expect Josh Jacobs to be back to call it 80%, whatever. I'm not wasting a waiver claim on Kenyon Drake this week. Uh, unless more news comes out about Josh Jacobs injury. I do not, want you to overreact to Kenyon Drake. Maybe if you have the space to stash him for end of the season run in case this happens again, cool. That's fine, but do not roster Kenyon Drake expecting to put him to use immediately. I like it. Cool. Yeah, I try to cover all the things I can well, here. Well, that will do it for us. Um If will, I'm so sad. No, even with the short uh the short schedule, a short recap of games. We still, we still hit our normal time. So, I was gonna say, I was like, that was so much for short, man. We've been here an hour. Holy all good, shit! All good. Um, you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? Um, yeah. If if the Bears could just win a Super Bowl in my lifetime, I will have seen every Chicago sports team win a championship, win a title. I will have seen it. Um, But I know that that might be asking too much. So if they could put a competitive football field on the field for, I don't know, five seasons in a row, that'd be great for me. Um, I know as an Eagles fan, you've had your struggles as well. I mean, you're just a few years removed from Super Bowl. uh, So, you know, things obviously didn't go the way you had planned. But one last thing before I'm done here. Uh, shout out to the Chicago Cubs, who five years ago were on their way to the World Series. They hadn't won it yet, but they were on the way. <laughs> they are on the way, breaking that drought. And, yeah, definitely with the uh, cheering for your Bears, man. Um, hopefully that happens for you. Um, you know, let's just uh, just got to get the organization right first, man. That's what it comes down to. That's what it always comes down to. Yep. Man, maybe we started this podcast because we wanted to bitch about the Bears yeah, and Eagles. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> Couldn't vent to everybody, you know, so I got to vent to you. Yep. Uh, 
our friends got tired of it. Can't outsource that to the therapist. But anyways, guys, if you like the uh, if you like us, the uh, Old Boys Podcast Network, please go find us on Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a like, a subscribe. You don't have to listen to us all the time, but if you just shoot us the like and subscribe, then you know maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll pop up on your on your notifications and you'll take a click and then you'll like us. So please check us out. Definitely. Check us out and uh you know we do this guy we do it for you and we do it for ourselves too, but we mostly do it for you guys too. So Yep. Two episodes a week. Uh if you guys can. I know some of this stuff gets a little time sensitive, but go back and check out our week seven accountability episode. Special guests Anthony and AJ are on there. A uh, little bit of a echo, but it was a great episode. A lot of laughs. Always enjoy having some guests on the show. Um I started TikTok. Well, that will do it for my job. <laughs> for, <laughs> for for Steel's TikTok and for Ziggy, we'll talk to y'all later. Peace out. Peace. Strong side. <laughs>